welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 177. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to finish out the original series with The Savage Curtain, All Our Yesterdays, and Turnabout Intruder. Here we go. The Savage Curtain, Season 3, Episode 22, Production Code 077, Original Air Date, March 7, 1969, Directed by Herschel Doherty, Story by Gene Roddenberry, Teleplay by Gene Roddenberry and Arthur Heinemann, Music Composed by Fred Steiner, Guest Cast Include Lee Berger as Abraham Lincoln, Mary Atwater as Surak, Philip Pine as Colonel Green, Arel Blanton as Chief Security Guard, Carol Daniels Dement as Zora, Robert Heron as Kalis, Nathan Jung as Genghis Khan, Bart LaRue as Voice of Yarnick, and Janos Prohaska as Yarnick. The Enterprise arrives at the volcanic planet of Expilla to conduct a geolo- geological survey. Sensors curiously pick up the presence of a carbon-based life on the surface, which Spock deems impossible owing to Excalibur's extreme volcanis- volcanicism. Suddenly, the image of a seated Abraham Lincoln appears drifting towards the ship on the view screen. Fascinating. I have been described in many ways, Mr. Spock, but never with that word. I was requesting your analysis, Spock. They did scan us and our vessel, Captain, and doubtless obtained sufficient information to present this illusion. Illusion? Steve, kick us off on what might be the goofiest episode of the original series. The Savage Curtain, yeah. Um... Well, yeah, I definitely think this has one of the most kind of WTF moments in the first few minutes that you can have. I mean, I was uh, happened to be watching it, and um, my wife wasn't really watching it. She hasn't been watching it with me. Ah, <laughs> that's a funny but it's one. Definitely, yeah, it's definitely one of those. You know, when you know, you can look up. It's like, what is going on? You know, it's just this totally <laughs> incredulous. Yeah, it, it's it's not. It's, it's not just that Lincoln is on the view screen. <laughs> he's floating in space. He's on floating in space. Feet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh, gee. Um, so, yeah, you know, I mean, I, what can you say? I guess I guess there's some canon stuff here, you know. Yep. I guess that's kind of appeals to uh, the, the Trekker. Um, you get, not the Lincoln part, but, <laughs> the, you know, Colonel Green, Kalis, Serac, uh, uh, this kind of stuff. Um, otherwise, it's mostly kind of a, you know, there's, there's a lot of... Um, it, there's a lot of reminds me a bit of arena you know the crew watching a fight you know from space on view screens um that episode's much better of course um goofy in its own way i suppose um yeah it's just, there's a lot it's just kind of there's a lot of preposterous elements you know when you start pondering it in that fashion like the this rock thing introducing historical figures and stuff it's like a game show or whatever i don't know it's um you know, when I look back over my list of... Because I do think of this episode as just goofy. But when I look back over my list, all the goofy stuff, really, is... It's almost all Lincoln, really. If you took <laughs> out Lincoln, or had him act a totally different way... Because yeah. every time you write down, like, um, you know... So you got the beginning with Lincoln on the screen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yo, goofy's not the right word for this. But when you see highlight reels of the original series, they never seem to cut in Lincoln saying, Charming Negress. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like the very first fight scene all of a sudden it's just a wide shot and Lincoln is fighting the bad guy that's t- I mean there's not a lot of it but that you're just immediately that's just so goofy or or seeing 
uh, Lincoln doing like the combat crawl, prone crawl, you know, <laughs> to get to get Shirak. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I'm just kind of I'm laughing at all that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, so if if they took out all the Lincoln stuff, I'm not saying whether it would be good or bad, but it it, it wouldn't be nearly as goofy. <laughs> If that was somebody else doing the same things, but not Abraham Lincoln, uh, I don't know. I, I I I couldn't find out if I I don't think people reacted this way at the time. Of course, this sure. is just the way Lincoln has evolved in our culture. People do look at him. I mean, he's still you know revered. He's the greatest president, one of the greatest leaders ever, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But he's a lot more um, you know look at like. Uh, you know the movies made about him, in you know prior to say prior to the 1960s, uh, versus that Spielberg movie from a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. You know he's a lot more human and fallible, and um, the way we look at him has really changed. Well, they did make a except for vampires. these extremes where he's fighting freaking vampires. Yes, mm. and that's what I'm thinking about when I'm watching this now. It's the spoof. We've defined that sort of Lincoln as this silliness, right? This goofiness, and in this show, it's played straight, and it's just all the goofier for it. But that is something our our podcast does. It's fair. We're you know we're not looking at this from 1969 eyes. You know, we are looking at this and asking the question. You know, how does it hold up when we talk about what it's about, right? Um. So that's totally fair. In another 50, 51 years, maybe it, their people are going to perceive this even, you know, more differently. differently. They'll be like, we now know this is the most accurate portrayal of Abraham Lincoln in history. <laughs> All right. So, Adam, what are, you, what are your in- instincts here about Savage Curtain? Um, well, I was probably a little bit nostalgic because I knew these were our last three, so I'm probably not going to be as hard on these last three episodes as you guys are on this one. Um, I think what I, what I had down on this, I mean, there's a lot of repetitiveness in this episode. Um, it's by far not perfect. I mean, you know, things that we've seen, you know, in other previous episodes, I like the concept. I just kind of think probably this episode suffered a lot from just production value. You know, you know, it's last last three episodes there's probably next to no money it's in this episode and you can see that in the goofiness the fight scenes um kirk and spock throwing spear you know they're chunking rocks and throwing spears um it's it's pretty pretty low budget um kind of stuff going on in this episode but like i said i did kind of enjoy the concept i i like the fact you know the historical figures going up against each other in some sort of duel like this to um you know so this creature could learn the difference between good and evil. It just didn't, it just, it just didn't play off very well. And I think that's because it suffered from the production value. It probably looked a lot better on paper. Maybe they had a lot more things they wanted to do with it and just couldn't afford to. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of goofiness in this episode. We get, um, you know, and in a weird way, that's kind of also the charm of Star Trek, especially the original series. A lot of this goofiness, you know, we can laugh and, and watch about, watch about, watch it. And that's kind of what we get a lot of in the third season a lot of this kind of goofiness and weird, strange stuff going on. But um, I, I, like I said, these are the last three episodes, so I was feeling a little nostalgic, so it probably won't be quite as hard on all three of these, especially the last one, which was kind of weird too. This was not um, a last-minute idea or something. This this story was one of Gene Roddenberry's original like 
concepts when you, you know when you're creating a show and you submit like a list of possible stories you could do. This was in that. This was before they ever actually started making uh, the original series. You know, the general story, I mean. So this wasn't some last minute, we got to finish out the season or even the series kind of thing. Even the characters were very one-dimensional. I mean, we got a little bit of Surak, we got a little bit of Lincoln, but the bad guys were definitely very one-dimensional. Even Green, you know, it was just kind of the same well, repetitive stuff. Two I mean, of the four bad guys didn't even have any lines. Right. Um it's not not Kalis's best um, episode to be represented in for sure. You know, I was I was thinking, the Kalis here kind of ruins that Enterprise storyline explanation for the Klingon ridges. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> somebody online I read somebody pointed out, well, if if these if all of these people are came from Kirk and Spock's memories or mind, then. Kales would have had looked like the Klingons that Kirk was using. Uh, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess. Fine. There's some, there's quite a bit of who's that guy. Uh, there's some weird like, you know, z- you know, optical zooms or whatever they used, and then a weird slow motion thing, I guess, just to make his reaction fit in for Lincoln or stuff. There's a lot of weirdness in that. Oh one. yeah, I remember that. Sure. That's the kind of stuff where it felt like uh, they'd run out of money to me. Right, right. We we can't shoot this again or something. Or mm-hmm. We don't have. We didn't have enough footage. Down. <laughs> the whole beginning section is is goofy, even after Lincoln shows up on the view screen because you've got, you've got you know Kirk's taking it so seriously in full dress uniform. That 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 calms down because he actually has a, a staff meeting where they they say this is bananas. And he says, yes, I know. Uh, so that kind of abates that a bit, but it still feels odd. You know what I had written down would have probably made this episode better if it was a space battle. You know, instead of this cave my, caveman type, you know, we're going to throw rocks and spears at each other and wrestle on the ground. I think maybe more of a, um, a space battle, uh, you know, pitting them, you know, because they're all space-faring creatures, except for maybe Genghis, obviously Genghis Khan, Lincoln, and... I want Lincoln to shoot, like, missiles out of his Lincoln Memorial seat. There you go. Yeah, well, I was going to say, Lincoln is space-faring. He doesn't even need a ship. No, he just shoots. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I think I, I would have found that more interesting. That's kind of, I, you know, they had the, the battle scenes, the fight scenes, they were just really lame. The sets were lame. Um, that's kind of what ruined the episode for me. I didn't mind The Rock, dude. I thought he was... I thought for the original series, he was, you know, cool enough. Yeah. I was fine with the rock, dude. No, I meant throwing rocks at each other. I wasn't talking yeah. about the rock. No, I was, I was bringing up a separate <laughs> I, I don't know what tracks need, though, if they were, like, pulling his pieces off and throwing them at each other. <laughs> and he's just, like, screaming, Oh, my arm! <laughs> I thought those, uh, talking about strange shots, there's the one shot that, for some reason, made me laugh when they're, uh, I don't know, there's, they're discussing something. I think it's the good side discussing something. And then I guess it's supposed to be that Rockman is uh, pondering what they're saying because he apparently can hear all, you know, and they just oh, cut, yeah, cut to like him. Like, cut to him. I remember there that. Is, okay. It's <laughs> like, I didn't even know he was there. Okay. <laughs> that, that actually would be a great way. Just to kind of go back to previous episodes the last couple of years and just cut him in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just there the whole time. Yeah. Uh, okay, is is black on one side and white on the other, and then just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> right. 
He doesn't need to say anything. He's just flashing his little lights. I want to see him in the new series. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the exact same rack, dude. Just the exact same shot. That's what I want. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I, I I have a hard time saying this is bad. It, to me, it's like it's so goofy that I I don't know. I just wasn't thinking of it in terms of good bad. Uh, Would you say it's entertaining? Or is that pushing it? Well, I don't like... Look, we like Star Trek. We do this podcast because we love Star Trek. Uh, I know that seems like a silly thing to say, but over the years, if there's been one consistent thing our listeners have emailed me about, it's been, we like your show. I like your show. I've heard this many times. I like your show because you always... you, You actually like Star Trek. So... Apparently there are a lot of people that do podcasts about Star Trek that just crap on it a lot. I don't know. That, that maybe they don't really thing to do. Yeah, I guess so. But, you know, I um I don't I just I sometimes I just don't, I don't think of it that way. So you know, you say is it is it entertaining? It's I don't know. It's it's Abraham Lincoln on the bridge of the Enterprise. I think it's I think it's kind of it's that kind of like not particularly respectful entertaining like Spock's brain is yeah, and so, so uh, stuff like that, you know, where it's I comical. I don't want to if if I'm watching it and I th- and I feel like I could enjoy this if I laughed at it. Mm. Uh that's not that's not how I want to think ever think of Star Trek, you know? I would rather just think I don't care for this episode, you know? Uh, and I felt like I was kind of borderline here. I felt like I was kind of borderline that here. And that's, that's, that's not how I, I don't know. Even, even Spock's brain, I don't feel like I'm laughing at it. I feel like I'm laughing with it. I can't imagine, you know, Nimoy walking around with that contraption (laughs) without thinking like, you know, Lord, this is stupid. (laughs) Um, but here, th- this episode, it was hard for me to feel like I was with it. I felt like I was, it was pointed at it, and I, I, I don't like that feeling, and I don't want to, that. And that makes it hard for me to even enjoy it in that sort of campy way. That, so that's a long-winded answer to your question, Adam. All right. Do you guys enjoy this episode? Do you like it? You know, if I'd, I probably wouldn't pick it in the middle of the night just to watch a Star Trek episode, if that's what you're asking. Um I don't know. Like I said, I did. I mean, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I I enjoyed these last three episodes, and like I said, just because you know, I knew we were. This was it. This we're not gonna. You know, I have no idea when I'm gonna watch these, the um the original series again. Maybe I'll pick up an episode here or there throughout the years, but it's possible I never actually ever watch this episode again. Um, so I kind of just had a little nostalgia. I just kind of wasn't quite as critical. I just kind of sat back and enjoyed them a little bit more. Um, I know it's not a. This is not a good episode. Um. But there's some still some good things in it. It's still to me, I was still entertained. I I didn't get done with the episode and go, oh, I never want to watch this one again. I mean, there's been episodes like that during the course of the original series, but I didn't feel that way after I was done with this episode. It wasn't like I'll never watch this one again ever. So, no, I mean, I, I get your point. I think I think there's something special about the original series in the sense that I don't want to get off topic, but again, we're in the last. This is the last podcast covering the original series, and I think that. There is something special about it, and it's. I think we. I think 
this one I said this in maybe the first episode we covered, uh, the first podcast we covered with uh, the original series, and that is it's 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 it, you know I don't want to be ridiculous here, but it's nearly sacred, you know, to a, especially to a, a Trek fan, a big Trek fan, a Trekker, you know, and all this stuff. There, there, the the original series is something very special, and so you can't we can you know we can put on our critics hats and we we have and we discuss these things, but I certainly understand the perspective of. Um, you know, looking at it that way where we, you know, okay, we're wrapping this up. don't know when we're going to watch all this again. And I just want to take in that. I get it. You know, I think I get it. Is this episode about anything? Mm. Well, I think they're trying to talk about the virtues of good and evil. I don't know if they do that a very good job of that in this episode. Um, you know, there's a lot of things they do in this episode that they did a lot better in other episodes. I think um, Steve alluded to that earlier on. Um, you know, they're trying, this alien force is trying to learn from humans. Um, it just doesn't play very well because it's pitting them in a, in a life and death scenario. I mean, we've seen that before. We've seen it better, uh, far better. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I got, just, um, pinning right and wrong against each other. And yeah, Steve. Yeah, I think they were. I think they were trying to make it a good versus evil thing, but I think that's always a very difficult thing because those concepts are so nebulous and it's and it's subjective to an extent, you know, uh, these ideas and and if that's how you're going to pit good versus evil is let's pick some historical figures and let them like just fight it out with slings and bows and arrows. I, I don't know. It, it's mm, yeah. So I, I don't really have anything for what it's about. No. All right, let's do six degrees for the Savage Curtain. Adam? Yes. This episode is the final appearance for which Trek regular? This person is not in either of the next two episodes. That'd be uh, Lahora? You are correct. Steve, this episode marks the first appearance of Soraka Vulcan. When is the next time we see him? Series and season, please. Hmm, okay. Yes, these people didn't return, so uh, we're not getting our traditional six degrees. We're getting trivia. Gosh. Mm, I should say, I'll give you one sort of assist here. It might not necessarily be his body, but it's him. Mm. Uh, Enterprise season four? You are correct. All right. Uh, One to one, moving on. All Our Yesterdays, Season 3, Episode 23, Production Code 078, Original Air Date, March 14, 1969, Directed by Marvin J. Chomsky, Written by Jean-Lisette Aroest, Music Composed by George Dunning, Guest Cast Include Ian Wolfe as Mr. Ataz, Marriott Hartley as Zarabeth, Kermit Murdoch as The Prosecutor, Johnny Hamar as The Constable, Anna Crairn Moreau as Woman, and Stan Barrett as Jailer. The Enterprise arrives at the planet Sarpedon, whose star is about to go supernova. Surprised to find the surface devoid of humanoid life, Kirk, Dr. McCoy, and Spock beam down to investigate. They encounter one last remaining resident, who scolds them for being very late. Now you listen to me, you pointed-eared Vulcan. I don't like that. I don't think I ever did, and now I'm sure. What's happening to you, Spock? Nothing that shouldn't have happened long ago. All Our Yesterdays. Um, the penultimate episode of the original series. 
I actually think is a pretty solid episode. The last uh, such episode of the original series. Not that I think In Turn About Intruder is terrible or anything, but I think this episode's pretty good, and uh, I'd like to hear what Mr. Caesar has to say about it. Um, I enjoyed it as well. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of great scenes in this episode. Um, Spock, Spock being the obvious. Um, it kind of has something to say. Um, it's, it's a cool concept, you know, you know, getting away from a supernova by going back in time onto your planet. I, I kind of find that to be a cool science fiction concept. Um, so I, I very much enjoyed it too. Um, um, this, this is the best of the three, um, I think of the last that we're doing. And, um, Thought it was one of the better ones of the season, to be honest. Steve, your first thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think it's I think it's pretty uh, pretty decent episode. I mean, it, it um, yeah, Nimoy's performance I thought is, is is quite good. I mean, I mean, ever so often you kind of take it for granted, you know, of how solid he is on every episode and playing this character, and then something like this, and it's just kind of it's so it's so. Um, it's kind of kind of complex what he has to play here, and yet he does it so well. And um, yeah, it does it does have something to say, and I think it's um, the the notion of what they're doing is interesting. It is interesting that a, a culture would not develop space travel but develop time travel. That's pretty interesting, but uh, whatever. I think I think the I think it's I think it's pretty good. I did have a laugh out moment in this episode too. What was that? McCoy is um, laying on the ground and he's cold and it's just from it's the same from Star Trek. Leave me, Spock. I'll just I'll leave me behind the whole, the whole scene where he collapses. I just started laughing because the exact same scene from Star Trek Six when um, Kirk and McCoy are in the frozen wasteland. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think of that. But you're right. And it's kind of like leave me, Spock, and there's a cave like in within sight or whatever. <laughs> Spock's like, all right, <laughs> you're done. Uh, this episode's actually pretty unusual. I think I read maybe I'm, I think I read this is the only episode of the original series that uh, has no shots on the Enterprise. Huh. Okay. I, think I read that. I think we hear we hear like Scotty maybe on the. Yeah. We. But we don't see him. Actually, if anything, I always felt like maybe the the end they should have beamed up to the Enterprise and then had the conversations that they have. Because there's this sense of um, hurry, hurry, supernova. We got to get out yeah. of here. And yeah. then they get there, and then they they have their closeout conversations. But they could have instead, you know, the second McCoy and Spock came through the portal or whatever, beamed up, and then had that exact same conversation yeah. in the transporter room after they said warp speed or whatever. But that's a minor thing. Well, you brought at the end. I thought that was a really cool shot. The you know, in the you know, the new the, effects. Yeah, the the supernova planet. Mm-hmm being destroyed that was a pretty cool um effect yeah we definitely did not used to see pieces of the planet coming apart i'm positive <laughs> aside from the fact that there's no shots on the enterprise it, it's it's just an unusual episode period it really is just uh kirk spock mccoy and uh Zarabeth. you know a little tiny bit of mr Atos, but it's it's a very unusual structure i think for yeah, and Kirk being separated from the other two at the same time, you know, we've seen stories where it's just been, you know, Spock and McCoy, but, you know, that's, there was kind of like two separate stories going on there, you know, obviously Kirk is in the, in the, on the pirate, I don't know where he's at, he's <laughs> colonial times, pirates or whatever, um, 
you know, burning witches, so I get what? Yeah, he's in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. So that was kind of, it was, it was interesting, yeah, that they separated him out um, from the other two. Um, and, you know, he kind of had his own little adventure while Spock and um, McCoy are, are doing their thing all at the same time. Well, Spock really does his thing. Um, <laughs> there was a point when I actually put my notes, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because it's like Spock and Zarabeth starting to get it on. And then we cut, I think, like to Kirkus, and we cut, we cut, and then it, I swear, it felt like they must have done this in five minutes. Right? And I'm like, that, I think, I think Spock is better than that. <laughs> you know, I, I was kind of going to be upset with maybe the writers or something. But then I started really thinking about it. I'm like, no, no, no. The magic of time travel fixes that. Yeah. Right? Mm, For all, all we right. know, that could have been hours and hours and hours because they're going through that portal in the nick of time, fine, right? It doesn't have to be, we don't have to think about it as... It's time dilation. Time dilation, and you also have the factor of, even if you discounted that, I mean, the default for him is seven years, every seven years. I mean, you know, geez. Yeah, it's got to be, got to be more than five minutes. <laughs> I like that actress that plays Zarabeth. I mean, of course, she's incredibly beautiful but i i think she's a good actress i always remember her from for many years my favorite movie of all time was 1969 which was not made in 1969 it was, it was made in the late 80s with um Kiefer sutherland and robert downey jr and she plays Kiefer sutherland's character's mom and she was great uh, but uh, yeah i like her i think she does a really good job and i think that playing a believable romantic interest for Spock, somebody that can stand up next to him that way. It, that takes a lot, and she's she's certainly got that. Yeah, and it's an interesting character, exiled for, you know, the rest of her life in solitude on, you know, in a bare, you know, in a frozen wasteland. That's, you start to think about it like, damn, that's kind of, that's that's cold, <laughs> pardon the pun, but um, <laughs> I found her to be, um, yeah, a in, very interesting character. And you're right, she had to be, she had a, she had a strong enough presence um, in her own ability, in her own acting ability to, to stand toe-to-toe with um, Nimoy. And it works. Their chemistry was good. And, and I believed it. Yes, some of, some of it was that Spock is regressing or whatever. But I believed their relationship was real enough that I believed him that he wanted to stay and that he would have the literally the only thing that could have happened to make him say, I must leave, is if he was the what was holding McCoy back, and he was. That was a good piece of writing, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the little scene there with McCoy and Spock when they first got back, and Spock's like, you know, there's what does he say? There's no need She's to been work. dead for thousands of years. years or whatever. Mm-hmm. There were a couple mm-hmm. novels. Um, I think I read one of them years About ago. About their baby? Yeah, yeah. Little Spock, Zarabeth baby. What do you even call that? Their names. There's nothing that goes together there. Zerok. Xerox. There you go. Uh, like you're right. It. That rolls off the tongue. Perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Xerox. <laughs> What'd you guys think of the scenes with um, Spock and McCoy, where you know they were kind of getting? I was just about to say I really like those scenes. Mm-hmm. Whenever they're kind of arguing, and McCoy is telling him that he's regressing, or and, and, you know, and Spock's like, "Get this through your head. We can't go back." You know, I thought that was mm-hmm. pretty good scenes. Those two are so great together, of course. But... Especially when he called him a pointy and he's like, "I'm." I'm 
I don't like that. I don't think I ever did. Yeah, and he grabs him. <laughs> oh, man. That's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a different tone in Nimoy's voice. You know, it's very, you know, you hear the um, the hostility in his voice that you don't hear, you know, because the great thing about Nimoy, he's able to give that monotone dialogue of Spock, and yet it's still, you still feel something from him. And, you know, and this is a different octave of like, yeah. Best. Again, it's so easy to take for granted, but he just he, he just nails it. I mean, that that subtlety required that you just you just witness that we witness on these kinds of episodes in particular, where you you know the the difference between okay when Spock when he's fine, Spock when he's really upset, Spock when he's upset sad, Spock when he's got an alien influence, all these things, and really the it's pretty subtle. You know, he can't go over the top ever with you know crazy outbursts and stuff. You know, but he just he just nails it. Then we can talk about Shatner's acting in the, in the next episode. <laughs> Kirk, when he's a woman. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that Nimoy is the giant in Star Trek and just towered over everything else for 50 years, played his character longer than anybody else. He was always what who everybody went back to. I don't. I, it, it's hard to imagine anyone in Star Trek ever coming close to that. Star Trek lives for another 500 years. I can't. I just can't see it ever happening. Heck, it's hard for me to imagine any other show or film series being so so tied into the soul of this one performer's mm. creation. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And the the last thing I'll say here before we see what it's about. I did like the the look and feel of this episode. You know, we get these pretty disparate environments and even just even just on that frozen tundra, uh you know, moving through those sections and into the cave. This episode is visually interesting to me in a way that um by its third season many Star Trek the original series episodes aren't as interesting. I mean, we all love the bridge, but it doesn't change much, you know. Um, I found this episode very uh, visually stimulating. And I definitely wanted to comment on that. Is this episode about anything? Um, well, I had down, you know, it's it's in a strange way, it's a love story. And, um, you know, we didn't get to see that much with Spock um, throughout the series um, based on, you know, his character and his race and their beliefs and their kind of systems. Um, but you know what you were saying earlier, Brian, you know, even though Spock was regressing into, into some more of a primal form of a Vulcan, I still believe, you know, I still believe that he loved her and I believe that she loved him. Um, and that's kind of what, that's kind of, to me, that's what I kind of had down as the main, main, um, it's a love story is what I kind of had down what this was one about. Um, you know, we can go into more details about, you know you know, you can't hang on to things forever and things like that. I had little things, but the main concept was, it was a good love story. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's kind of complex, you know, because you've got a, you I mean, it's, it's a very unusual time travel episode and this idea that when you're um, in that time span where your species is, is experiencing a certain state makes you in that way there's almost a little bit of a collective consciousness kind of 
idea there in that sense. And I, and in a way, you can you can dismiss that as ridiculous, I suppose. But you know, they they argue in this episode that, that that's real for Spock and what's going on with the Vulcans and so on. But I think that um, the the crux of it is is that you've got um, a a, a a love like you said it's a love story a love story that transcends time that like it's it, it can't exist it's by its very nature it has to be this kind of uh you know flash in the pan thing because it, it you know it's it's not it's an untenable situation you know but at his core you know except for the circumstances some of the circumstances involved he would be willing to just give up this whole life and just okay i'll exist in this frozen wasteland um because of this one woman you know and that's fine whatever if that makes me happy you know and um yeah it's an it's interesting concept and it's an interesting turn for this character did you guys remember that this episode was so late in the series that it was the second to last episode do you think of it as that i don't think so i mean it wasn't it didn't surprise me or anything but i, I guess it's not i don't it doesn't like I think of this episode. I immediately think that's the second to the last episode of Star Trek. I, you know. Yeah, same with me. It was. It was. I remember that this episode is third season, but I didn't remember it as being second to last. Um, I'll comment more on that when we kind of do our our series recap. All right. In that case, let's do six degrees for all our yesterdays, Adam. Yes. Ian Wolf plays Mr. Ataz. We most recently saw him play Mr. Ataz's replicas in the original series third season named the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All our yesterdays? That's correct. Steve Wolf also played Septimus in the episode Bread and Circuses. Which season was that? Mm, yeah. Second? You're correct. Our score is two to two. Woo! <laughs> Turnabout Intruder, Season 3, Episode 24, Production Code 079, Original Air Date, June 3, 1969, Directed by Herb Wallerstein, Story by Gene Roddenberry, Teleplay by Arthur H. Singer, Music Composed by Fred Steiner, Guest Cast Includes Sandra Smith as Dr. Janice Lester, Harry Landers as Dr. Arthur Coleman, Barbara Baldavin as Communications Officer Lisa, David L. Ross as Lieutenant Galloway, John Boyer as guard, and Roger Holloway as Lieutenant Limley. On Stardate 5928.5, the Federation starship USS Enterprise rushes to answer a distress call from the planet Calmus 2, the site of an archaeological expedition that is exploring ancient ruins of a long-vanished culture. Upon arrival, the landing party finds three survivors. Among them are Dr. Janice Lester and Dr. Arthur Coleman. It is revealed during their it is revealed that during their academy days, Dr. Lester and Captain Kirk were intimately involved. Nurse Shaffel, bring Mr. Spock and Dr. McCoy to me at once. Now they must believe I am not Janice Lester. I am imprisoned in her body, but I am not Janice Lester. She is suffering from the delusion of being Captain Kirk. Ah, uh, turnabout intruder. Her life could have been as rich as any woman's, if only she had not been a woman. <laughs> Boy, this uh nothing to do with good bad, but there are definitely some uh gender attitudes that <laughs> maybe have changed for the better 
since this episode aired. Steve, what are your first thoughts on Turn About Intruder? You know, it's going to sound preposterous, but if it wasn't for all the misogyny and whatnot, I don't think it's as bad as I remember it. And I think it's, and I know that sounds like it's such a core issue with this episode, so it's kind of hard to separate the two. But I, I, I think it's part of it is that Shatner is kind of like you know we've we've talked about this before, but he he is good, you know, when he's he knows how to like twist something and play, you know, it's 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 over the top and it's and it's silly, but. He he does over the top so well, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense, but he he can play a character and he's not the character, and you buy it in a way. Um, I think it's unfortunate this episode's got all these issues with it, with the um, the gender issues, and it's so uh, unfortunately it like starts with it, it ends with it. I mean, it's 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 scattered throughout it, so you can't you can't ignore it, and it's there. Um, I would say it's it it's it's paced in a way that does keep one's interest from kind of a you know just a flow standpoint. I, I mean, it's not like it's boring. I didn't feel bored by it or anything like that. But um, it it's 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 bizarre in this and all the um, the issues and the interactions with the characters and uh, I don't know. It's 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 kind of its own animal, really. It's it's. I was kind of bored with it a few times because I felt ahead of it and you know mm. when you have that feeling right. that you're smarter than the yeah the actors characters it's like well, come on yeah. you know whenever and by the way my notes are a confusing mess here because I couldn't I, even I would kept trying to come up with different ways to write down whether I was talking about Kirk Kirk or Lester Kirk or Lester, <laughs> Kirk, you know Kirk Lester whatever I, and I, every time it was different and now I don't understand my own notes at all but, for example, whenever Lester Kirk says, a hearing will be convened on the charge of mutiny, I was just, I just wrote, ugh, you know, like, we're going to, I didn't want to go through that. I already knew who everybody was, and I felt like everybody else should already know. Yeah. And the second Spock knows, especially the second he does a mind mill, which, he, you know, probably right, right. to do that sooner. So apparently like that's insubmittable evidence or whatever in their time, I don't now, know. I guess, but... The second he knows that that would have broken the whole episode. I I don't know. I just I don't know. I just mm-hmm. felt ahead of it, and as soon as I feel ahead of it, I just wanted to get on with it, and yeah. that makes me feel bored sometimes. Adam, your your thoughts on? Um, I I kind of feel the same way that that Steve does. I mean, you know, we'll you know if we want to have a further discussion on the on the misogyny, you know, then the, we can. Um, I, let's just well, set that aside just, for a second. You just answer the question: Is it better to be dead than be a woman? <laughs> I'm gonna say no. Um, but you know, we were just talking about Nimoy a couple minutes ago um, in the last episode. You know how his subtleties are just phenomenal in the character Spock, and it just made it. Um, you know, Shatner is the opposite of that, and you know, it's obviously the characters are are different. But you know, it seems like the actors were able to portray it differently you know where we see Spock and his subtleties and his calm demeanor and he's just still able to portray this strong you know iconic figure Shatner's out he's able to do this crazy stuff and um like Steve said it's believable now I know people over the you know the decades have given Shatner a hard time and he's been parodied and he's even made fun of himself about it um but I mean that that's what I that's the only thing I really enjoyed about this episode was his performance because it's so over the top but yet he to me he pulls it off. I mean that's just my opinion but it's 
that's the only reason that I that I liked about this episode was his performance, you know, his change in tone, his insanity, and it's believable because you don't it it's not Kirk, and you know this, and that's why I think Brian, you you know, you maybe you're you're that's why you're so far ahead of it because he does a good job with this character who isn't the character that he's portraying. I I, I joke by referencing a line from the episode or mm. two, but. We we do need to address this because yeah. <clears throat> uh, this is an example. I think this has only happened once or twice out of the 79 episodes of the original series, all of which are over 50 years old now, so or pro- approaching 50 years. So it's impressive that the number is so small. But there is there are a couple of episodes that like I would not play this for my for my six year old. This is definitely one of those few episodes where I feel very strongly about that. Stuff like your world of starship captains doesn't permit women. Now, maybe that one's not so bad, but it's not the Star Trek that we've seen all these years, so that gets a different conversation, I suppose. Um, but it's better to be dead than be a woman? That 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 is a line in this episode, you know? Um, with even that last line about her life could have been as rich as any woman's. As any woman's. It's tough. And also... Now, this is me reading more into it, not just talking about the lines, but it starts to feel like they're saying women are limited in society because they're incapable of of being rational enough to do something like be a starship captain. Well, I think, I think there's definitely an implication that they're emotionally unstable to such an extent that they can't handle that responsibility or something i think somehow that is what the episode seems to imply well that's that's what's really yeah i mean it sounds like it bothered you guys too it's just there's just not a lot more to say about it well it's so obvious i think is the issue you know you know obviously this episode it's a product of its times you know we've come a long way obviously in 50 years or at least i hope we have um so this episode definitely is seated right into the 60s when you know a lot of this you know gender equality was was going on and it's it's obviously still going on to this day um i I don't know without actually doing more research on the episode were they actually just trying to highlight this in a certain way or was this just a product of the times um i I don't know yeah i I mean it kind of in that sense it reminds me of i mean it's worse than but it reminds me of the episode with the the musical group and going to Eden and all that stuff with the, what reminds me of that is that it seems like in that, in that sense, it track come, these episodes come out on the side of the conservative, you know, it's the conservative angle at the time. And that's, what's unfortunate. I don't know why that's the case. Cause generally speaking, I wouldn't say that Trek reflects the conservative side of the late 1960s by any means, generally speaking. Yes, but the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in those two episodes, for sure. I mean, this episode. I mean, obviously, it's kind of like they're. I'm I'm sure in that in that era there were plenty of people in the you know in the population that would would just you know would buy that and believed what it was saying in some respect. Um, but it's certainly the conservative angle, and that's what that's what's sad about it is that well, you know, it's 
it's not like it's it's always the most it was forward thinking and had the uh, progressive attitudes you know it's and then you know what do you, what can you what can you what do you do i mean it's 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 nothing perfect you know it's not perfect so yeah, you know, like what I was trying to say a minute ago is like I, I wouldn't have them you know you know having having an episode specifically about gender bias isn't a bad thing especially in this this era of um of history um but just the way it and you know like you said that the way it ends her her life could have been as rich as any other woman's and the fact that she's kind of crazy and delusional just kind of ruins that argument and makes it 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 doesn't help if if. if yeah, like, sense. what if this, they could have done the same exact story, and she's not, and make, make her not loony, mm-hmm. you know? There could, if she'd had a much better, if she could have had a better motive other than he burned me when I was young or something, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know? Um, if she wasn't crazy, and she had some really methodical thing, plan, uh, after swapping bodies, and, you know... I, th- I think it's a bad episode, but there is a solid base of a terrifying narrative. It's almost like that locked away, a, a sane person locked away in a mental institution and, you know, can't get out with mm-hmm. getting drugged up and all that. that. That's in there, and that's kind of interesting. And if there had been a better motive or something, that there could have been something pretty interesting, and even if it was evil, fine, uh, going on. But it just that's not what it is. It's I I had trouble with the ending of this too. You know, um, you know, obviously, you know, she's crying and the the doctor Coleman hugs her and he's like, I want to take her. These two just murdered several people on the planet's surface. I mean, they like should basically should be going into the brig. That doesn't have anything to do with gender bias. It's just having to do with like these people murdered. You know, all these people down on the planet, and it's just kind of like, oh, poor thing. She's just crazy. Um, I don't know. I I don't I don't. It just was a weird ending for me too, you know, with all with everything else that was going on. So yeah, it kind of feels like original series going out on a bit of a whimper. There was a I had a, a thought like, oh, I wish uh, they they should have just flopped these and and aired um, all our yesterdays last. But mm-hmm. actually, I don't know if I really feel that way because then you would have ended with an episode that doesn't have a single shot in the Enterprise. That would right. be even more weird. Yeah. Compromise, Savage Curtain. Go out on Abraham Lincoln, looking straight into the camera and saying, "That's all, folks." <laughs> With this wretched makeup. <laughs> like I said, really, the only thing I enjoyed about this episode was um, was Shatner's performance as Kirk. Um, it was just classic, over the top, you know, William Shatner. I did read a piece of trivia about this episode uh, for all the different. Actors that have played Kirk, you know, you've had Shatner, obviously. You've had uh, Chris Pine. You had the, well, I guess both a baby and a young boy in J.J.'s first movie. Um, That's like four different. But this woman is the only woman to have played Captain Kirk. I am Captain Kirk. I'm Captain Kirk. I'll kill you. (laughs) (laughs) That's not even in this episode, folks. <laughs> All right. Is this episode about anything? Um, don't don't spurn people, because they'll come back it's and better to be dead than be a woman. We've already established that. <laughs> <laughs> she could have had a, 
uh, rich a life as any other woman. No, I don't have anything. No. That's unfortunate that our the final episode of the original series we got nothing. Uh, this episode actually, I what what was the air date, Steve? June something? Yeah, June third. Uh, it was originally supposed to air way sooner than that. Mm-hmm. The final episode of the original series was supposed to be, I don't remember, like I want to say late March or early April. It was that far of a difference, uh, and they preempted it with news of. Dwight Eisenhower's death. And then they saved it and aired it in June. Can, it just feels like such a whip. Like, if you were a fan of the of Star Trek, can you imagine? Like, you would have been excited for the last episode, right? And then it's like, <laughs> they didn't even make an effort to put it on the next week. Yeah, right? yeah. We'll get to it. Give us a month or two. We'll find a spot. Don't worry. You know? Perhaps they knew it was not so great and they just hit it, you know? It's like, yeah. uh, June 13th. Well, We'll fill some time with this later. Hopefully, uh, let's let's try and air it on a night when no women are home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do six degrees for the final episode of the original series. Turned out, turned out intruder. Um, let's see, Adam, you had the first question last time. Is that correct? Yes. All right, Steve. Sandra Smith plays Dr. Janice Lester in the original series' third season. She played James T. Kirk, named the episode. Is it Turnabout Intruder? <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> that joke wasn't as funny the second time, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam. Barbara Baldevin plays Communications Lieutenant Lisa. In the first season, she played Angela... Martin, in the episode The Balance of Terror, what was Angela doing when we first saw her? Um, was she bringing um, Captain his log? I don't know. No. Steve? Uh, getting married? You are correct. Wow, look at that. That was, that was a nail-biter right up until the last question, and Steve then takes it for the day. That was so close, so close. Let's do a quick recap of season three, and if we want kind of the whole show. You know, we all knew going into this that season three, everybody knows that's the weakest season of the original series. I remember talking about, you know, wondering if I would um, feel a little better about season three, which I haven't watched in quite a while. As I mentioned, I realized as we were doing this that I'd never even opened my Blu-rays of season three, which I bought like, you know, the day they came out a decade ago or whatever that was. And I never even opened it until this podcast uh, discussion. Um, I guess, I don't know. Season three, uh, it, it definitely has some solid episodes, but it didn't really have anything that was ever as amazing as the best stuff in the first season or the second season. It just has so many... It's not that it has that many truly god-awful episodes. It's just that it has so many mediocre episodes that watching in this format, three episodes every two weeks for our podcast, it was the first time it felt kind of... I don't know. It, God, I hate to say that, but it was... You know, it was a bit of effort, I guess. They didn't have the consistency of of kind of the the showrunner, the guy, you know, of course it was Gene at first, but 
very quickly you had the other gene, and then you had their fights. By the time you get to the third season, Roddenberry is basically gone. He, he literally moves out because he doesn't think the show is going to last. He doesn't even have his office there anymore, I don't think. Uh, you know, they're swapping around folks, and there's not... You, you don't have that captain guiding the ship, you know? It, it, mm-hmm. That's what... It, there's no structure. lacking that. Yeah, the that's, structure. That's kind of... But, you know, you still had... You know, Enterprise Incident... Spectre of the Gun, probably Day of the Dove, Tholian Web, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, All Our Yesterdays. There's still a lot of solid episodes. Oh, yeah. But but none of those are, like, even in the same universe as, you know, say, in a muck time or sitting in the edge forever or something. For me, not, I mean, honestly, probably not even a balance of terror or doomsday machine. So yeah, I think we kind of agree that kind of they lost their way in the third season, and whether it be structure, or originality, um, where to kind of where they wanted to take the show, because you know by the third or fourth season of you know, like I said, I, I agree with you that the original series suffers from the time that it was made, because you know you know sixty seven through sixty nine, I mean you know television episodes have been only been around for maybe ten fifteen years by that point, you know early fifties, you know so it was. You know, in in the long run of all of television, you know, Star Trek's going to be one of the remembered as one of the first because it's. Oh, it was one of the first in color. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I agree. What's been said. I mean, I think it's no brainer that the third season's the weakest for a variety of reasons, and I yeah. I th- any any overall thoughts about the original series? I still love it. Yeah. I'm sad. I'm sad we're done with it in a way. You know? Yeah, it was weird. I felt that way. Like I was, I said it was. It was starting to feel a little bit like laborious to get through some of the sort of third season for me. Plus, the episodes are longer. You know, you kind of feel that when they're bad. But, <laughs> but I did feel. You know, I did feel like kind of like something you were getting at earlier, Adam. I think, but I, I did feel like closing this out when I was watching it. Will I ever watch the original series? you know, in order like this every episode again in my life even. I, I don't know. Um, certainly never uh, where I can discuss it with you fine gentlemen for a year. But if we all make it to um, 90, I, we'll, I, we'll go back to these. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, so yeah, I don't know. Like, I remember my son is six now. And when I remember like, when he was born and I had all these thoughts about all the things I was going to introduce him to. And it, it was a given for a long time. Oh, well, of course I'll play him all of all Star Trek, you know, but I don't think that's going to be the case now. I, I, I think that this show is as iconic as a television show can be, but it's also 50 years old. And I don't know. I, I think that people can, can live their whole lives now and know who Kirk Spock and McCoy are and never watch this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't... That isn't... I don't necessarily have good <laughs> good feelings about that. But... This is a realization I've come to in just the last couple of years. 50 years is a long yeah. time. And... Maybe icons become legends, you know? And there's just... There's not a lot that gets translated besides legend. Well, you know, we talked about, you know, there's so many incredible episodes from the original series. I mean, I, you know, 
there's definitely there's I'll definitely watch those again. It's not like I'll never watch the original series again, but like you, I don't know if I'll watch it back to back to back like we have been. Um I like to think that some of those episodes would survive on, you know, you don't have to watch every single one of all 79 of these to appreciate it. Um I think you could probably watch 5 and really realize what kind of show this was or 10. And that is probably what I would end up doing with my son. <laughs> You know, introducing him into those select episodes, but and then you know, and I was I was given track I was given the series a hard time because like you know it's you know you can take any episode and throw it in any season it doesn't really matter because there's no story arc, but at the same time you know that's you can you don't have to watch you know if you if you start watching Deep Space Nine you don't, you have to watch the whole damn series because you want to know what happens <laughs> at the end um in the original series you don't have to do that you can like you said you can you can pick ten episodes. Out ten, there's ten incredible episodes that you can pick out of this series and, and show them to somebody. And I think from those ten, they'll appreciate what kind of what kind of television show this is. All right, so that's the end of the original series for us for now. Uh, real quick, um, let's see. Steve and I are both planning to subscribe to. Um, CBS All Access for the Discovery premiere, is that correct? Yes. Steve, are you going to pay the even more for the no commercials? Mm, I'll have to ponder that. Mr. Caesar, you have decided in principle that you have cable and you have lots and lots and you pay for lots of streaming services and all this stuff and you do not think it's fair that they are uh, forcing you to subscribe to yet another service so that you can watch this for now. You're planning to skip it correct um that's great yeah that's a fair assessment just because i already pay for cbs through my cable so i'm not going to pay for it twice i'll be watching orville sunday night thank you very much <laughs> is it is it on yeah, sundays on sunday night. wow mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was ballsy let's just put it on the same night as star let's trek box. screw star trek well and I'll, I'll tell you guys out there i've seen the first two episodes of orville i've enjoyed it so that means says anything <laughs> As we've discussed, I mean, I totally respect that viewpoint. It's just a threshold thing, I guess, really. This is the only, only thing they could do yep. to make me pay for this. Now, yep. there's probably some kind of limit that I wouldn't pay, I'm guessing. But whatever they're charging is not it, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. So, um, yeah. I don't know. It wasn't even a conversation like my wife, you know, I think if I ask her, can we subscribe to yet another service? Because we do, we don't have cable, but we have, you know, we have Netflix, we have Amazon, we have uh, Hulu. We were paying for Showtime, but I dropped that one. I, I buy Blu-rays and 4K Blu-rays and we buy stuff digitally, we buy movies digitally through Apple TV, but yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think if I were going to add any service, that would be a conversation with my wife, except, except for CBS All Access for Star Trek. You know. Yeah, it'd be just like, well, okay, I just won't eat a few days a week or something, whatever. Yeah, right. it'd be something if that was the budget conversation, I guess. <laughs> I will say this, yeah. but I, I entirely respect. <clears throat> I entirely respect, hundred percent. How, how you so, but I, I will say this: if they do sell the episodes after their original air. I'll buy the episodes individually and watch it that way. But if not, I mean, I'm, I will definitely watch the series. I'll get to watch it. I'll get to watch it probably how it's meant to be seen. Back to back to back um, binge watching. 
How many episodes is it going to be? What is it, 15? Yeah. That's the other crappy thing, of course, is if you're in any country besides the United States or Canada, you get it with your Netflix, which, of course, we all subscribe to. Well, anyway, I am excited. Maybe, admittedly, I'm not quite as excited as I've been, like, couldn't sleep the night before level of excited for other Star Treks, but I'm an old guy now, so I guess that's what happens. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of promotion for it either, to be honest. Oh, they, it's like every single day there's been a new clip or a new interview. No, talking... or a new, I just got to the point where I just stopped. No, I'd be like, this, I don't want to do anything more. The only thing I've done in like the last three weeks, I did try to listen to the, they they play they put up the orchestral recording of the mm-hmm, theme music, mm-hmm. the opening theme. I did try that. And then I was ticked off because they had people talking over half of it. Right. Like, what? Come on. Urgh. No, what I'm talking about is like, you know, I haven't seen any promotions for it on any any networks and you know sometimes the tv shows will cross promote over you know I'm, i haven't seen anything hardly anything. i've barely even seen anything on it online i think the other day i saw something about cbs stream and star trek so that's what i'm talking about yeah but how, yeah how are they gonna how are they gonna cross promote that um go go buy cbs all access i guess you could they could put it like on hulu and netflix if you like streaming shows you should go subscribe to <laughs> cbs all access <laughs> in a way in a way i will say it, it you know i don't like the idea of paying for a streaming service I don't, I don't i don't do that i mean i do i do subscribe to netflix but generally speaking i don't do that but you know if you think about it given there's a very devoted fan base you know it's probably the smartest way to do it in a sense i mean you just because you can charge almost anything and certain group will pay almost anything, and they finance your entire show. I mean, it's but is that group, it's a rare thing like that. But is that group still big enough? I don't know. Well, that's the question. We're, we're well, gonna we, find out. And do you alienate? Do, well, it do, almost doesn't matter. It's it's the, the Netflix paid for this show already. Right 100%. around the world. Yeah. Every penny they make from now on is gravy. It's all profit, right? Netflix paid for the show just so they could get the streaming rights everywhere outside of this country. And they chose to do that, and they paid so much money that it's paying for the show, basically. They chose to do that based entirely on the numbers of for when people have streamed Star Trek. And listeners out there, don't take this the wrong way. I don't want the show to fail, and I don't think it's going to fail. I just want what CBS is doing to fail, because HBO, which is the most expensive service you can buy stream-wise or you know, through your cable service, will give you their streaming app for free if you're already paying for it through your cable provider. So that's that's my whole crust crust right there. Um, that you know CBS is charging you extra on top of mm-hmm. already paying for it through I already pay for it through Comcast. So why should I have to pay for it again? And that's my argument. I will watch the show and I will wish for, and I will wish for the success of the show, but I have I that is an entirely logical argument, but to to put to give you a more extreme example from what like Steve was getting at a minute ago, if instead of CBS All Access, this streaming service was called Star Trek Discovery All Access, and literally only had Star Trek Discovery yes. and was the same price, mm-hmm. they, 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 yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm gonna say something that probably sounds absurd, but you know, to make a quality, you know, high end Star Trek show, they could say like, hey. Um, pre-order the uh, I don't know the whatever whatever your your media of choice the the 4K Blu-ray the Blu-ray the streaming the digital whatever of this give us a hundred or a couple hundred bucks or whatever for a season and we'll make this I would do it 
I mean, that, that's that's just there's you know there's just a certain group out there. I, I don't again, I don't know how much it is, but like you said, internationally, it's already paid for anyway. So. And on top of that, you have to watch commercials. You have to pay extra not to even watch <laughs> right, commercials. Right. It's crazy. F you, CBS. Yeah, that I will. That I will do too, because we had Hulu for years with the cheaper version and watched commercials. And then one day we paid the extra for the commercials and it was like, Oh my God, why were we not doing this the whole time? That was, that was kind of the nail in the coffin, Brian, when you told me like, no, you have to, you'll have to watch, you have to pay extra not to watch commercials. I, I might be wrong, but I, I think, and of course the, I'm just talking about United States, obviously everybody else gets Netflix, but I believe it's seven bucks a month for no commercials and 10 bucks, a, or excuse me, with commercials and then 10 bucks a month for no commercials. I think I could be wrong. So how long are they going to spread this out? I mean, is it going to go all the way through June or, I mean, May of next year? Or are they going to, is it going to be done? Well, we've got the air dates between now and December for the first, whatever, half, mm-hmm. half season half or wherever it is. And then it comes back in January, February to finish out mm-hmm. the season. So, I mean, it's going to be done by early spring. There's only 15 episodes. What's one thing that's lame is on Sunday, they're playing part one of the two-part pilot. Uh, they're playing part one on CBS live, like actual with your rabbit ears, your cable, whatever channel, uh, CBS, but only the first hour part two, you have to have CBS hall access. I didn't realize that until the other day. I thought it was, they were giving you the pilot. Everybody gets to watch the pilot, but no, everybody gets to watch half the pilot. That's such a dick move. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. It's a dick move. That's (laughs) so it's, 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 it's two parts of one. Episode. It's they're they're calling that half the pilot because I I didn't know about that. I thought it was just two episodes. No, they're not calling it that. But it's it's a two part pilot, okay. right? Just like just like how all the other sure, series. Sure. Well, next gen DS9 Voyager did. They aired it as a single two hour event, right? And then they broke it up as two, you know, like a to be continued part one and part two episode for subsequent airing. So CB. So yeah, just, at the end of it, it'll be like you want to know what happens next. Subscribe to yeah. I mean that's how it'll be on CBS, no doubt. Yeah, and it's getting released. Part the part two is getting released on CBS All Access the minute yeah. part one finishes <laughs> finishes its CBS yeah. airing. So I'm probably just gonna wait 30 minutes on Sunday so that I can watch parts one and two without commercials on CBS All Access. But anyway, I'm sure we've already we've lost um, many of our listeners. <laughs> it's gonna be a long episode, and it's really late for you guys too. So, folks. Thank you for spending more than an hour with us and finishing out the original series. Please come back in the next in two weeks. We are going to start the animated series. Now we're going to be doing that. We're going to, going to discuss four episodes per podcast. I'm just going to do like one question per episode, so we end up with four. You know, each Adam and Steve each get two questions for the day, but we're going to cover four episodes. That's still less content than we usually do. It's only a you know, two hours worth of content versus three. Uh, and at that rate, we will wrap up the animated series by the end of the year, but just before Christmas. So I'm excited to watch the animated series on the Blu-rays that I, whenever that was a year ago, mm-hmm. bought and haven't watched. So that'll be cool. Thank you guys for finishing yet another Star Trek <laughs> show in the books. Yeah. Your uh, million dollar checks are in the mail. <laughs> Great. Awesome. <laughs> And folks, thanks again. Until next time, take it easy. Thanks, guys, for listening. See ya.
Stefan, I passed it.